Seriously Sinister discusses true petty crimes that may be disturbing to some. Or it could be easy listening to all of you psychopaths out there. Names and places have been changed to protect the hosts legally. Listener discretion is not advised. Welcome to Seriously Sinister, the feeling of freshly clean sheets at bedtime. This is Trevin. And I'm Amanda. That was actually like a really delightful one, Trevin. Yeah, I feel refreshed. I actually had freshly clean sheets at bedtime last night. Oh, so did I. But that's because Yoshi vomited on my bed. Oh. (laughs) I just like to have a clean feeling. (laughs) So Trevin, what's your dreadful dilemma this week? Okay, so I've got this situation that happened, and it's actually not even all that recent, but it literally is still in my head. Uh Uh-oh. I keep thinking about it. It's just one of those things that just felt so wrong that I can't stop thinking about it. So I was at work, and there's an old coworker of mine that doesn't work with me anymore, but he still works for the company. And so he went out of his way from his department upstairs to talk to me. Grabbed my attention and somebody else's attention. And he asked a question. We were the only people that could answer that question for him. Sure, he could have called this one on one of our phones, but he took the legwork, which I think was probably just because he didn't, he wanted to get away from working for a little bit. Right. So he came up, asked us our question, and we explained it to him. He listened to us. We had this really awkward pause, and he was just like, okay. And he turned around and just walked away and went back downstairs. And I thought, How the hell do you not say thank you? Oh, shit. And I'm not saying, oh, I'm so important. People should be thanking me for what I do. (laughs) But it's one of those things where in the situation, a thank you is what would end (laughs) this communication. Right. It felt so unnatural. It felt like he went out of his way. (laughs) It was like before he went up there, he pepped himself up and said, I'm going to walk away from this without saying thank you. I say thank you for the stupidest stuff that they don't even need to be thanked for. (laughs) Right. It's just a kind way to end the conversation. Okay. Oh, thanks. thanks, Bye. Yeah. Thanks for that information. We literally gave him something he needed and he just, (sighs) okay, and then walked away. And it's like. The gall of this weirdo. Like, yeah, I don't understand. (laughs) Is he usually a dick or what? He's kind of a more self-centered kind of guy. Uh, (laughs) I know I don't have to worry about him hearing this because he would never... <laughs> I know. I'm like, you talk a lot about your workers. He would not go through the support of another person to listen to my show. I see. So I don't think I'll have to worry about it. But he, yeah, he's, he's kind of a more self-centered guy like that. And I just don't understand why you would want to be like that. But yeah, it's just I've never had a communication just end like that it's easy to just say thanks bye yeah i know it's almost i don't know it's even more effort not to just say oh okay thanks yeah it's like when they say it takes more muscles to frown than the smile kind of thing it's like it takes way more power to not say thank you in that situation it's almost like when you're on a walkie-talkie with somebody and they're always like say over before you get off and you're like okay over i feel like (laughs) he never said thank you so some part of my head is still in that conversation (laughs) From months ago, because he didn't say over with his thank you. 
<laughs> Next time you see him, you're just going to be like waiting like, okay, can we end this? Yeah, I've been struggling with this over the holidays. Please just tell me thank you. <laughs> yeah, I just walk up to him and say, you're welcome. <laughs> you so should he would have no idea oh my god well that is dreadful people out there just say thank you right i mean yeah. i'm sure our listeners do we have some pretty pretty sweet listeners i would yeah. say you're all polite <laughs> at least we hope so yeah well i also have a dreadful dilemma this week trevin and you are just gonna probably make fun of me like everyone else around me that i've told this story to does i'll try not to but i probably will <sighs> so there is this thing called pregnancy brain, okay? Mm-hmm. And I have not done a dreadful dilemma regarding my pregnancy, actually, which honestly, if I really wanted to, I could probably come up with one every single week, every single episode. I've expected it ever since you've announced it and you haven't done it. And I haven't. But this one is so extreme that if I don't do it, I think it's a petty crime all on its own. So... I've had so many ditzy airhead moments lately that I swear my brain is only working at a third of the capacity that it normally does. Mm -hmm. For example, a lot of them have to do with cooking. I have started to heat up oil and I've walked away and almost caught my house on fire one day. I have put cinnamon into a Mexican soup instead of Cuban. Okay. It wasn't good, by the way. Oh. <laughs> and, and Trevin, this one really killed me. I made a homemade pasta sauce that I was so proud of and so excited to try. It was the first time I had made this pasta sauce. I couldn't wait. It called for, the recipe called for uh, penne pasta. Mm-hmm. And so I'm done with everything else. The water's boiling. I go to look in my cabinet. I didn't buy penne pasta. So... Mm. I had to then take my daughter's mac and cheese macaroni noodles and use four freaking boxes of macaroni, and now I have just the cheese packets left on the side. So I have four cheese packets. What am I supposed to do with that? Sure, we could find a use for it. (gasps) And then the finale. This one's really embarrassing. Okay, so... The other day, I was downstairs playing with my daughter. We were playing in her dollhouse, and my dog Reptar was fetching, you know, wanting to play fetch with me. So I was multitasking. I was playing with Lila. I was playing fetch with Reptar, and I was drinking water because I'm supposed to be drinking a lot more water. Uh oh. Instead of throwing the ball at Reptar, I lifted up my big thing of water with a straw to him and offered Reptar a drink out of my straw. I thought you were going to say you threw the water across the room. (laughs) When I told that story to my mom, she thought that that's what I was going to say too. She's like, oh my God, I thought you were going to throw water on Reptar. No, the reason it's so embarrassing is that I'm holding this glass out thinking like, hello, Reptar, like hurry up and take a sip. You know, like Mm -hmm. I can't just hold this glass all day. And then I look over and Reptar's just looking at the straw like, what the hell do you want me to do with this? (laughs) And I was like, oh my God. And my husband, Jordan, saw it and was just like, you are losing it, bro. And I'm like, I know. Poor reptile. So pregnancy brain is my dilemma. Oh, and for those who are keeping up, when this episode comes out, my baby will, according to my app, be the size of a tomato. And then the next week, I was just telling Trevin about this, it jumps all the way to a banana. So Mm. apparently within this next week, my baby is doubling in size and like length. 
So everyone just keep me in your thoughts, man. Yeah, it's not easy lugging a banana around. <laughs> oh my God. So we're going to do some trivia today, huh? Oh yeah, trivia to me. <laughs> that was your worst one yet. <laughs> whoa, 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 Trevin. We do not have the rights to say that. Uh, let's have a fun time. So I'm going to go first, correct? Correct. Okay. So this game of trivia, I thought this question was very fitting for the time of year. And I just found it to be really fascinating. Also, it specifically has to do with petty crimes, my friend. So I thought that this fit perfectly with our show. So my question for you, Trevin. Mm. According to statistics gathered by SafeWise and reported by the New York Post, how many packages were stolen from American porches in the year 2021? Oh, this is fun. Okay. Okay. There's only three choices. Is it A, 115 million, B, 175 million, or C, 210 million? I feel like I just got to go with the biggest number. I got to go 210. Ding, ding, ding. You are correct, my friend. Okay, so I just found this to be so fascinating because, I mean, who doesn't order constant Amazon packages or not even Amazon, just constant packages are coming to people's homes right now. Mm -hmm. And my parents were just telling me the other day how there was a local news story about a person who literally all day long just drives around neighborhoods and picks up packages that they see on people's porches. And I was like, good God, that is just heartless. And also, what a risk. You don't know what's in these packages. Yeah. Like, what if it's someone's medication or something? It's such a dick move. That is the worst kind of criminal. Like, you can steal cars, you can, you know, rob people, sure, I guess. But stealing boxes off the porch is just... It's so just, yeah, I hate it. It's not cool. No. You don't want to tell people you do it. No, God. And also with everyone having like ring doorbell cams now, it's like your face is going to be seen. Mm -hmm. But maybe this person just goes to neighborhoods they don't live in, hopefully. (laughs) Wouldn't that be so awkward? Like I go over to Bob and Martha, like my neighbors, I'm like, I saw that you took my package, Martha. Like, (laughs) (laughs) Come on, Martha. (laughs) She would never. She's an angel. But yeah, 210 million this year. And the statistics were gathered in November. So that's not even counting the last minute Christmas hustle and bustle that's going on now. I feel like that number may go down next year. Really? Yeah. Now that Amazon came out with the key. So you can give them access to your electronic garage opener. Oh, really? And so they can do like a one-time thing where it opens up your garage, they put the package in, and then close the garage for you. I feel like that could uh, that could start a whole nother level of crimes with these Amazon people, man. Yeah, just a thief goes undercover as a <laughs> Amazon guy, like goes out and gets a job and gets... <laughs> Wears a suit, gets hired, and just to go get in the people's garages. Uh, Well, I mean, these Amazon workers are not treated as well as they should. So, shoot. I mean, if you get an opportunity and you're let into someone's garage and they have a bunch of cool shit, what are you to do, you know? Yeah. They have to be in and out. I've watched them deliver into my garage many a time. And they're pretty quick. Oh, yeah. Huh. 
Okay, this is very fascinating to me. I'm not as high tech as you. I don't even have a garage code well, or I'm, anything. I wouldn't normally be, but this house had a Wi-Fi electronic garage already on it. So oh, sweet. I'm so glad they did, though, because my OCD bugs me sometimes when I leave and I get to work. And I thought, did I close the garage? Oh, my God, what I do? The very day I thought, I'm finally going to set that up. And now I can look at it and bring it up and it says garage door closed for seven hours or something like that. So, oh, nice. And if I forget, I just click a button and it closes it. You're so freaking fancy. It feels good. All right, Trevin, shoot me with your trivia. I haven't won a trivia from you in a good long while. I do believe it's been a while. <sighs> I believe in you this time. Though. Okay. This has nothing to do with Christmas or holidays or petty crimes. Okay. <laughs> We're going back to death and funerals, people. Okay, bring it on. So, former Mexican general and president Antonio Lopez de Santa Ana is known for holding a state funeral for what? Is it A, his dog, B, his leg, or C, his car? Wow. <laughs> <laughs> okay, what year did this happen? This would have been like the end of the 1800s. Oh, okay. I'm going to have to go with B, his leg. And you win, too. I do? You do. Oh, thank you. Thank you, everyone. I didn't come up with a thank you speech, but thank you all. We'll thank the Academy. <laughs> so he lost his leg in 1836. Okay, so I guess it was early 1800s. Oh, my. It was in a battle called the Pastry War. Sounds delicious. I know. <laughs> and so he lost it by a cannonball it, it, and took his leg off. Oh, no. He went and buried his leg near his home. And then after he won the presidency, six years later, he dug his leg up. Oh, don't do it. Don't do it. And had like a shriveled leg and paraded it through Mexico City, <gasps> buried it under, under a monument. And they had like this big elaborate funeral with cannons and they had poetry readings. Whoa, I would not want cannons going <laughs> off. Yeah, that's what I kind of like thought too. Like PTSD. That's what made us separate in the first place. Oh my God. So it's kind of weird too though. He ended up not being a very popular president. A lot of people didn't like him. He was kind of dictatory. So this happened in 1842 that he had this funeral for his leg and put it in a monument. In 1844, people kind of started to turn on him. And so rioters tore down his statue, dug his leg up. <gasps> No, they did not. <laughs> and then they <laughs> tied a rope to it and drug it through the streets, shouting, death to the cripple. Oh, that's just low. <laughs> oh, my God. So a lot of stuff just going around with that leg. Okay. That leg has been buried and dug up way too many times. Yeah. I don't even know if they got it back Weird. at that point from the writers. And then it's also interesting that he had a fake leg after that. Because he was like in and out of presidency a lot. A lot of people hated him. He was living in Canada sometimes, America sometimes. He was just kind of on the run a lot. And or on the hop a lot. The hop a lot. <laughs> okay, that was horrible. I'm so sorry. And I believe he was in somewhere in Illinois. And a American general was like, he's hiding here. And so they went to go get him. And he left in a hurry. He like jumped on a donkey and rode off. But when he left, he left his prosthetic leg there. And so there is a place in Illinois somewhere that has his prosthetic leg at a museum to see because he left a bunch of gold, his leg, and something else. I forget. Damn. And Texas is actually continuously in a conversation with Illinois saying, we deserve that fake leg. 
that's Texas fake leg. And the Illinois says, no, we left it here. Finders keepers. And so almost every time there's a new like governor or whatever, Texas is like, are you ready to hand over the leg of Santa Ana yet? And they're just like, hell no, bro. It's ours. Yeah, Illinois, you keep that leg. Yeah, you earned it. My God, why does Texas care so much? Well, I guess it's just because, you know, the Alamo was like Texas or whatever. And so you there have was... the Alamo. Let them have this leg. Yeah, you remember the Alamo and remember the leg. <laughs> oh, my God. What a crazy story. Yeah. So not only is his original leg storied, his fake leg is still storied. Wow. 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 And those things aren't cheap, man. Those prosthetics. So Annie left gold. Woo. It was back in the 1800s, too. I guess it was like a very thick cork material made to look like a leg and then they put a fancy shoe at the end weird (laughs) (laughs) whoa okay i can't wait to post pictures about that yes well this was riveting trevin and now we're on to stories yes story time okay so i'm going to go first this week my story today is from the news What's interesting about this crime, and I didn't know the criminal's name until I started researching it. I heard about the crime first, which led me to look into this more. And unfortunately, the petty criminal shares the same name as me. Uh Uh-oh. Her name is Amanda, and she's also only a year older than me. So I felt very awkward about that, but uh, I'm going to tell you the story anyway. Hey, bring on the Amanda crimes. (laughs) Okay, here we go. We are all familiar with the grumpy protagonist in A Christmas Carol, Scrooge. You know, the old man with the permafrown that walks around shouting, Bah humbug! to young crippled boys. Many of us would like to pretend that characters like this can only exist in fables. But alas, the news loves to remind us on a regular basis that people like Scrooge are all too real. We now call them Karens. 31-year-old Amanda Martinez from Temple, Texas, unfortunately shared a lot of the same qualities as Scrooge. A series of heartbreaks and disappointments led her to become the bitter woman that she is today. In her spare time, Amanda enjoyed mocking children at the park you how to and prank calling her great-grandmother. Sucks, Nothing was ever good enough for Amanda, and she never hesitated in telling everyone what failures they were. The holiday season always made Amanda even more irritated than the other months of the year. She believed that everyone should work during Christmas and that family events should be avoided at all costs. In her opinion, presents were a waste of her money and Santa was just a fat weirdo. (laughs) On November 7th, 2021, Amanda was walking through her local Dollar General, crushing each Christmas ornament she passed when her tummy began to grumble. After all, Even the most negative of Nancy's still need food to fuel their hatred exerted throughout the day. Amanda was extremely picky about her food, as she wanted to ingest something just as spicy as her ferocious attitude. There was only one dish that would satisfy this craving, 
And that was Menudo Soup from Sol de Jalisco Restaurant. You see, Menudo Soup isn't for the pansies in the world. This dish has a nickname that translates into stomach sauce. Yummy! The soup is made with cow stomach, a red chili pepper broth, and a variety of additional spices and ingredients. If Satan himself had soup on the menu in hell, this dish would certainly be on it. Amanda could already taste the spices in her mouth as she drove home, placed an order for the satanic soup, and waited impatiently for it to arrive. With each tick of her clock, Amanda began to become more and more agitated while waiting for her soup. When it did arrive early, Amanda was not impressed. She quickly grabbed her food from the restaurant employee and slammed the door in his face. No tip for you! She sat at her table and began to open up her to-go bag when she saw her soup container. Her eyes began to turn red with fury as a piercing scream erupted from her throat. Her soup container's lid was melted. Amanda aggressively punched in the phone number for the Sol de Jalisco restaurant. A pleasant voice on the other end of the line greeted her, saying, Sol de Jalisco, how may I help you? Amanda began to curse repeatedly at the restaurant hostess while explaining that she had received soup that was so hot that it had melted her plastic lid. The hostess responded by saying, Oh my goodness, that isn't good. I would be happy to return your money or to send you a new meal. But Amanda was deafened by her own rage. All she heard on the other end was, Blah, blah, blah. No one wants to help you or your dumb melted lid. As Amanda continued to hulk out on the hostess, the pleasant voice on the other end began to become more stern. I'm happy to help you, but you cannot speak to me like that. Continuing to curse and scream, Amanda was even more enraged when she noticed that the restaurant employee had hung up on her. At this point, Amanda had gone full ghost of Christmas future as she jumped into her car and drove to the restaurant to confront someone with the grim truth. One hand on her wheel and the other gripping her melted soup container, Amanda floored it at high speeds. She pulled into the restaurant parking lot and huffed and puffed her way inside. That is when she locked eyes with the restaurant's hostess. If she thought the phone conversation was bad, she had no idea what was coming her way in person. Amanda showed the hostess her melted lid, as the hostess again stated she would assist her in any way that she could. You can have whatever you want. Amanda didn't want to hear a solution. She wanted someone to suffer the way she had for all of these years. As the conversation became more heated, the hostess informed Amanda that if she didn't calm down, she would call the police. That is when all hell broke loose, and the last bit of Amanda's spicy soul was lost into the abyss. In a flash, Amanda lifted up her half-melted container of menudo and launched it directly into the hostess's pleasant face. Amanda ran off, leaving the hostess in pure shock and despair. 
Luckily, the menudo was lukewarm, since it was a to-go order that traveled to Amanda's house and back. But the spices did still affect the hostess, as the ingredients burned her eyes and skin, also causing her nose to bleed. The hostess, Janelle Broland, was lucky, as she had no permanent physical damages and went viral on TikTok after her soup attack. Amanda Martinez, however, wasn't so lucky. She was arrested for her sinister food fight. She was charged with assault causing bodily injury and could face up to a year in prison and $4,000 worth of fines. On top of all of that, Amanda is now banned from Sol de Jalisco for the rest of her grumpy-ass life. As the holidays are fast approaching, I will leave all of our dear listeners with this advice. Please don't be a Scrooge or a Karen. And for God's sake, I beg you, don't be one of the bad Amandas in the world. Damn. Have you heard of this story, Trevin? The name is so familiar to me. But maybe there's been another Amanda Martinez that did something. But no, I haven't heard this one. Oh, my God. Okay. So just to clarify, everything at the beginning of my story was kind of exaggerated and elaborated upon. Don't know if she prank calls her great-grandmother, but she seems like the type. Mm -hmm. But... Everything about the crime itself, Mm -hmm. the reason she got upset was because the soup was so hot that it melted her plastic lid. She did call the restaurant twice. I didn't include both times because that seemed kind of repetitive, but she called twice and just kept cursing at this hostess, being so disrespectful. They wanted to give her a free meal. Mm. They wanted to give her something. They were going to take care of her for this. And it's all captured on the restaurant security footage. I I hate watching things like that. I don't Mm -hmm. like seeing people in pain. But it went viral, like the woman throwing the soup directly into the hostess's face. Poor freaking girl. But luckily, the girl was fine. And she did go viral on TikTok, like, explaining her side of it. So if you want to follow her, her her name is Janelle, like I said. And she's on TikTok with the username at Bummy Nelly. Um, And she seems like a real sweetheart. Mm -hmm. The only detail that I left out about the crime is that a man also went in with Amanda and left with Amanda. But I kind of just wanted to focus on her for the story. But I'm wondering, like, how can this man who's with her, like, defend those actions? Maybe he couldn't. Maybe he went in with her to, you know, help her complain to the restaurant. And then once she threw the spicy-ass soup in someone's face, he left just because he's like, I'm not going to deal with this shit. I don't know. Yeah, I didn't mean to be an accomplice to this. Yeah, it's just absurd. I hate these stories where people are mean to restaurant workers yeah. or anyone in the service industry. Clearly, this isn't their freaking fault. But because the girl went viral and because she seems like such a sweetie and because there was justice and this girl, the bad Amanda, is going to be held accountable, I was like, okay, I feel like I can do this one. Yeah, because you like the justice. Yes, I love the justice. I'm like, ha, bad Amanda. This girl now has a platform and you're going to maybe go to jail. Yeah, maybe she'll be on Dancing with the Stars now with her suitcase. (laughs) I know. I'm just like... 
What in the hell? That's messed up. I've had containers be melted before, and Mm -hmm. I don't go throwing things in people's faces. No, 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 no. That's why I'm like, this girl definitely prank phone calls her great-grandma and mocks children on the playground. She just seems like just a bad gal. I'd like to see her bite the garlic knots girl. Oh, me too. Because they both obviously don't care about service industry people and they're both people who you can't fix their problems right even when you offer a solution it's like no i still want to freak out yeah i know it's so frustrating i've worked in the service industry and you have as well and there's always going to be those scrooges out there or those karens out there or whatever the hell you want to call them Mm -hmm. that no matter what you do nothing is good enough so for all of our listeners who are in the service industry, we stand with you. <laughs> yeah, we stand tall and proud with you. Have you ever had Menudo? I have not. Have you? I have not. The only Menudo I know is the 80s boy band, the Spanish boy band. Oh, they were probably named after the soup then, huh? Uh, belly soup, I guess. <laughs> I mean, that's where Ricky Martin started. Oh, interesting. He filled in. He was one of the boy band members before he went and did his thing in the 90s. Oh, I did not know that at all. Yeah, a little music history. When I was reading the story to Jordan, my husband, last night, he knew of Menuda immediately, but also his sister, her side of the family, there's like a lot of, you know, people from Mexico who make traditional meals that are amazing, I might add. But he was like, oh, yeah, Menudo, the one that's made out of the cow stomach. And I was like, whoa. So he immediately had heard of it. I hadn't. But from everything I've looked up, it's so spicy. The temperature of the soup didn't hurt the hostess. It was the spices in it. She basically said it felt like getting pepper sprayed. Yeah, I could see that. Awful. That would be terrible. God, awful, awful, awful. Well... Great story, though. Thank you. Can't wait to make her sound awful with sound effects. I know. Please do it. (laughs) And I love a good villain. That's for sure. Yeah, she... But God, you're so right. Garlic Knots and Menudo Girl, they just need to go in a ring and fight each other till the death. Yeah. Okay, that's a little dramatic. You should, like, have one work DoorDash for the other one and show up late and then just have them both fight. Yes. (laughs) Okay, so are we ready for my story? I'm ready. My story, and I can already tell you a uh, connection before we even start, but we both got food stories this week. Okay. Now we can find more connections past that, of course. Okay. This is a food week for both of us, which I don't think you and I are ever on the same page with food. I really don't think I've done a food one in a little while. I tried to limit my food to once a month, but (laughs) you know how it goes. They're so good. They are so good. So this one takes place in our fair state. Okay. And we'll just talk about it after I'm done. All right, I'm ready. All right. And here we go. Little Debbie's. Hostess. Sarah Lee. Bimbo. These are the masters of pre-packed snack cake perfection. From oatmeal cream pies to nutty buddies cloud cakes to snowballs and all the times your parents needed to grab a quick breakfast and just grabbed a couple bags of donuts we have all been touched by these highly processed treats growing up in the 90s snack cakes were a big part of my childhood they were cheap came multiple to one package and were easy to pack it's safe to say that most of us were able to open a snack cake wrapper before we could even tie our shoes. 
As a kid, my mom would always pack me the same meal for lunch. A peanut butter and jelly sandwich, a Ziploc bag of barbecue potato chips, and one snack cake. From kindergarten to high school, this was my lunchtime meal. The only thing that would ever change is sometimes I would trade the Nutty Buddy for an occasional Swiss roll. Of course, my mom only bought off-brand, so they were actually called peanut butter wafers. Swiss rolls, for some reason, got to keep their name. Maybe the Swiss couldn't patent the naming of their rolls. As an adult, I no longer touch the stuff. Much like a smoker giving up their favorite marble reds for a trendy new vape pen, I can arrogantly push away any offer of Hostess cupcakes and on the same day, go hit up the Dairy Queen drive-thru for a blizzard. I guess there's just a self-imposed stigma from all of my years of having it. Regardless of my own feelings and beliefs, these snack cakes are still very popular in the eyes of America. Without any special deals or offers, all year round, each one of these treats fly off the shelves. America runs on these unhealthy foods, or at least slowly gets by. This is the story that revolves around these magical treats and the small town that loves them. Morty was a snack cake vendor in Poplar Bluff, a town located in Southeast Missouri It served as the gateway to the Ozarks. Although the town's biggest source of revenue came from people going to the lake, Morty always believed that he worked in the snack cake capital of the world. Nothing brought Morty more pride than pulling his large Little Debbie decaled truck up to local businesses and stocking their shelves with his product. Carrying in trays of cosmic brownies he would hear the folks ooze and ahs at the sight of him. And just when you thought the patrons couldn't get any happier, he would surprise them with an extra tray of honey buns. By that point, the entire store would erupt into celebration. People crying and holding each other in sweet embrace. Hungry people salivating and licking the walls. He was in charge of putting the smiles on the Poplar Bluff community's faces. While the whole town was asleep, Morty would go to his company's local storage unit, load his truck with product, and then start his deliveries. From gas stations to grocery stores, the entire town went through Morty for all of their snacky needs. You may look at him and see a dealer of prepackaged diabetes But to the people of Poplar Bluff, he was a conjurer of love. This was his town, his identity. It was midday on New Year's Eve. Morty was wrapping up his last deliveries of 2020 before taking a much needed day off. Knowing that he would not be making New Year's Day deliveries, he made sure to stock his stores with a little extra. He knew how his community liked to party, and he wanted to make sure the morning hangover crowd had plenty of star crunches for the next day. As Morty closed the back door of his truck after completing his last stop, he heard a sweet voice from behind him. Thanks for all that you do, Mr. Snack Cake Man. 
It was little Petunia Paisley walking into the store with her mother. And thank you, Petunia. I left an extra special zebra cake for you in there. Better go get it, Morty said. As Petunia giggled her way into the store, Morty looked down at his tattoo of little Debbie's face on Rosie the Riveter's body and remembered why he did his job. We can do it. That night, Morty enjoyed his first evening without a morning shift the next day. He hit up the clubs and danced the night away. He would show off all of his best moves. Go Morty, go Morty. And when someone would seem too drunk, he would pass them a fruit pie to help settle their stomach. Just as Morty was retiring for the night and slipping into his favorite Twinkie pattern pajamas, he got a call from his boss. You gotta get down here. It's a snack cake emergency. Without a word, Morty dropped his phone and sped to the storage unit. As Morty drove closer, he could see a large collection of police lights. People were crying and police tape surrounded the unit. What happened here? asked Morty. One of the officers walked up to Morty and stated, Someone broke into your company storage unit. They've stolen all of your snack cakes. Morty dropped into the fetal position and began to do heavy breathing exercises. His boss walked up to him with a clipboard and gave him a rundown of what was missing. Twenty boxes in total were stolen. Eight cases of bagged donuts, three cases of strawberry shortcakes, two cases of zebra cakes, three cases of Suzy Q's, and four cases of other miscellaneous cakes. It was Morty's nightmare. Because of this shortage, Morty was forced to take an extra day off after New Year's Day. He visited his stops, not as a delivery driver, but as a civilian. Dressed in a plain black baseball cap and sunglasses, he watched as his town slowly crumbled without their cakes. Cashiers got yelled at for the shortage. What do you mean you're out of stock? Lake visitors left in the early morning without a sugary breakfast treat, and sweet Petunia cried without her zebra cakes. Her mother had to get her a Snickers bar instead. Morty no longer recognized his fair city anymore without the fluffy, cheap cakes in their bloodstream. As lost as he was without his deliveries, he knew his town was even more astray. Reaching out to the authorities, Morty had learned that there was surveillance footage of two men stealing the boxes. But after weeks of investigations, the trail went cold. The storage unit eventually got restocked and Morty returned to being the savior of the town, hoping that Poplar Bluff had seen the last of these heinous acts. On early New Year's Day of 2021, two men broke into the Poplar Bluff storage unit that was owned by a snack cake distributor and stole 20 boxes of snack cakes, totaling around $500. Although the two men were caught on camera, their use of sunglasses and masks allowed them to escape unidentified. Five months after the crime took place, a different storage unit in Poplar Bluff was broken into, stealing more snack cakes. Once again, wearing sunglasses, the crew was able to escape undetected with more sugary treats. At the last update, one man was brought into custody for the crimes, 
but it was never reported on whether charges were ever filed. The detective working on the case, Detective Dan Mustaine, speculated to reporters that maybe there was a black market demand for snack cakes, or maybe they were stealing them to sell to stores secondhand. It's sad that someone in a small town would choose to take away an entire community's sense of joy. Maybe the detective is onto something, or maybe these people just have an incredibly unhealthy addiction to snack cakes. One thing's for certain though, someone's sweet tooth is being satisfied by the most unsweet of means. If justice is never served, we can only hope that these criminals at least put on enough weight from these snacks that they can no longer fit in their current wardrobe. Because although I wouldn't normally wish this upon someone, these men deserve to find themselves crying in a department store's dressing room. I like that visual. <laughs> I want every snack cake you've listed now. Thanks a lot, Trevin. I had a feeling I would probably get you going there with that. So, yeah, honey buns, nutty buddies, cosmic brownies, the list goes on. Those were like my childhood right there. Mm-hmm. Like, we always had those. Oh, my God. <laughs> yeah, it was something about the 90s and snacks like that that... People were like, yeah, this is bad for you, but it's not that unhealthy for you. But now that we're older and it seems like our generation is a lot more knowledgeable about, you know, high fructose corn syrups and yeah. all this different stuff. It's just the same thing with McDonald's. Like we can go to Freddy's, but if somebody's like, you want to go to McDonald's? We're like, whoa. That's where I draw the line. There was a documentary about how bad <laughs> that fast food was. And so it's the same way with that stuff. I haven't had them in so long, but I really, even if I ever get a weird craving for them, I'm like, no, yeah, that's okay. I'll just go get a Butterfinger or something. (laughs) Because to me, it's like, that's a higher class of unhealthy. Yeah. Well, I will say Jordan does still buy us the oatmeal cream pies, but Mm -hmm. that's really the only one. And I was the same way, Trevin. I judged him when he first brought them home. I'm like, oh, oatmeal cream pies. Like what? But I will say I have had a couple recently (laughs) and they were really, really good. They are. (laughs) The oatmeal cream pies are weird to me because like the oatmeal patty cookie at the top doesn't really make sense to me. It's got a flavor to it, but it's not that oatmeal-y. (laughs) Yeah. It's not like an oatmeal cookie. It's like a yeah. It's like a patty of some sort. I, don't I know. Really know. It is really weird. I don't know what it is about it, but it's just like a soft little weird treat. I don't know. Yeah. One thing I think about a lot is the strawberry shortcake rolls. Oh. The, the soft, cushy white cake that's wrapped in that. It's very moist. It's always very well done. Like, how do they do that? Yeah, that's Yeah, the zebra good. cakes are always like that, too. Mm-hmm. And the Swiss. I loved Swiss, Swiss rolls, rolls, too. Yeah. Oh, God. Oh, God, I feel like we're just gaining weight talking right now. (laughs) Yeah, and I actually have to go grocery shopping after we're done here. Stay strong. Yeah, oh, I will. Stay strong. (laughs) Oh, my God. Well, yeah, the connections obviously are food-based. And also, both of the petty criminals we've discussed are stealing joy from people around them. That's true. And attacking the service industry workers, in a way. Yeah, why would you do that to them? Just stop it. Yeah. Just cut it out. They're the few innocent people left in this world. I know. God. 
But that is why they are the villains in these stories, Trevin. So true. Wow. Well, next week is going to be our Christmas episode. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Are you ready for that? Are you ready for Christmas already? I mean, technically, I'm not ready for Christmas. Yeah. But I'm, I'm ready for that episode. <laughs> I'm probably more ready for the episode than I am for actual Christmas yes. as well. <laughs> oh, my God. It's going to be a good one. We're going to have some fun, kind of like with our Halloween episode. I don't know exactly what we're going to do yet, but I think it's going to be a very festive episode. I think so, too. And just so you guys can get ready to mark your calendars, that will be us closing out the year. We will take one week off at the end of the year between New Year's and Christmas, and then we'll be back in the new year. Yeah. So I know it's sad. I know. We're going to miss you, too. We will miss you, but it's literally only for a week. So I think you'll be just fine. Yeah, and I'll just be getting caught up and still doing work for this. I know. We'll still be recording for you guys, and we're still going to be doing things. It's just a lot of people, we've realized, don't really listen to podcasts during that time. Yeah, they don't, and it would just be nice to let us get caught up a little bit. Exactly. So we will be here next week for your Christmas episode, and then after that, we hope you guys just enjoy yourselves, you know? Spend time with family or... Or spend time enjoying your own stuff and stay away from family. Yeah, whatever you need to do. Both have their pros and cons. (laughs) For sure. I'm not going to judge you if you want to be alone. No. (laughs) Eat those snack cakes alone. Yeah. (laughs) All right, you guys. Well, I hope you're having a great week. And just remember that no matter the crime, big or small, in the end, we're all doomed. Doomed and just having snacks. (laughs) Bye. See ya. Thank you for listening to Seriously Sinister. If you have a true petty crime story to share, please email us at seriouslysinisterpodcast at gmail.com or send us a Facebook message. If you would like to support our show, please subscribe and leave us a five-star review. Also, tell your friends about this podcast. Follow us on Facebook and Instagram at Seriously Sinister Podcast. And on Twitter at Seriously Sin Pod. Shout out to Trevin for writing all of the original music you hear and for producing our show. Follow him and his music at Fiesta Maiden on SoundCloud, Spotify, and Facebook. And credit to Miranda Lucas for our awesome logo. You can find her on Instagram at MirandaLucas26. All stories are written by myself and Trevin, and all stories are based on actual, true, petty crimes. I think I said Beardo. Did I say Beardo?